Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Well, howdy! Welcome to Herb's Podcast Christmas Trees. What can I do for you, son? Well, I'm looking for a podcast Christmas tree for our show. What do you have? Oh, we got some nice new finger ones right here. Uh, yeah. Got anything more traditional? Well, let me see. about this? But puny, isn't it? Well, put some lights on, some tinsel. Why, it'll be as pretty as a milkmaid's knee. Okay, okay. I'll take it. Pleasure to do business with you, son. By the way, what's your podcast? Ahem. Live from the internet. Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of us being happy little elves and welcoming you to another Christmas episode. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh, at least that that version of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, thought you were going to do the one that has all the copyright infringements. No, no. Plug in your own version however you see fit. Batman smelling... We're trying to be pod safe here, folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This is our 2021 Christmas episode where we're going to talk about. Well, we're going to. Ha- we have a real episode planned, but we're going to talk first about Christmas because it's coming. For a lot of people, I don't know, is this Christmas better or worse than last year's Christmas? I think it's better. Because, you know, more, you know, more people are being able to get out because, you know, people have been vaccinated. They feel safer. The whole, you know, most of the money issue for most people, I think, is, is gotten shaken out somewhat. Everybody didn't get thrown out on their ear on September 1st, so they're not all homeless. That would be a real damper for Christmas, don't you think? The question then, therefore, is how do you spend Christmas with or without money? Uh, I, I think what we should do is we should just basically, we should talk about gaming in general and what's available as far as Christmas presents are concerned. But then I think that we should also, you know, maybe we should say, if I didn't have any money, this is what I would offer as a Christmas present. And, or if I had lots of money, you know, a whole lot of money, let's say a big ton of money, you know, and then of course, you know, the more reasonable one, you know, the, the, the whole uh, three bears thing. Anyways, uh, the the hardest one is usually the the big money thing because you know then when when there isn't any there isn't any kind of limit then you really kind of get into a kind of a weird situation of <laughs> too, gotta, many, gotta... too many choices right you know yeah you got yeah, yeah. your imagination so let's go ahead and first of all let's talk about what's out there and I want to say right now that it's been a lot harder uh, because uh, I didn't go to Gen Con this year. Uh, because they had it right after Dragon Con. Oh yeah. And so I just didn't have the 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 time off uh due to my new job circumstances instead of me having 6 weeks of vacation a year, I only have 2. So it's it's uh, I got to be a lot more careful with that kind of thing than I I did before. So no running off to to Indianapolis for Gen Con. Oh, no, I, I had that, too, because, as you all know, both Bruce and I got new jobs this year, and John, Jonathan did, too. I had five weeks of vacation, and I'm now down to two. I mean, right off the bat, I got two weeks of vacation. But still, it, yeah, just because of that, yeah, we, we don't have the foreknowledge of, oh, this is out, and we saw this at a dealer's room. At, no. <laughs> yeah. I went to one con this year. But guess, but guess who's come who's come to my rescue? Mm. Facebook. Facebook insists uh. on you know because I went through and I actually listed the things that I was interested in you know yeah. because they kept throwing ads up in front of my face. They actually <laughs> have been sending me various ads that I think are kind of cool. Okay, you know they actually might be useful in one regard or another. I think I know one. 
Oh, oh what's that? Um, is it Mothership? Nope. Oh, wow. You can tell I me. have something to talk about then. Well, then, yeah, go right ahead. I've been seeing an ad on Facebook for a Kickstarter for the Mothership RPG, and I'm kind of, ooh, that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it is a space sci-fi horror RPG. Uh, they list their inspirations as like Dead Space, Aliens, Event Horizon, Doom. Those are all horrors, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, why am I reminded of the one that came out, I think, a couple of years ago? Sean Astin helped with making this, and it's sort of, it, it's Starfinder. Grimmer space or something like this. It's tech versus magic from the opposite side of the galaxy, and so it's... It's, oh, all these starships against, like, magical leviathans and stuff. That's what it's kind of sounding like that is there, Jonathan. Uh, I think it takes just, I haven't been able to t- dig too deeply into it yet. It's just one that i am definitely got my eye on and I want to learn more when I can. Mm-hmm. But it, it looks like it's based more off of, like, say, Aliens or Event Horizon or Dead Space, where it's, you know, like almost Cthulian body horror type stuff going on in a space sci-fi setting okay yeah or like you know the thing only on a space station instead of a arctic station okay at least i imagine again i have to look deeper into it yeah uh i i tried to go that direction with my bureau 13 adventure that uh, actually it was a fringeworthy adventure that took place on bureau 13 world where the fringeworthy team was supposed to go to a research station that was set on pluto and some asteroid was about to impact pluto and of course there was something on it you know in the asteroid and uh it started like you know growing tentacles and working its way into the the space station and finally and they basically had to get these guys out of there as quickly as possible and not get you know taken because these things were you know trying to grab them and take it and they didn't seem to be a hundred percent sure how to handle spacesuits because they didn't need them (laughs) (laughs) so it was just kind of it was just kind of odd i just uh, but yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, one of the best, one of the, uh, one of my favorite for a number of reasons uh, was uh, movies was Life Force, where you had the, the, this mother um, uh, vampire who just uh, was on a comet. Her spaceship was attached to a comet and every couple of thousand years it would come back close to the earth and then she'd jump down to earth and harvest a whole bunch of souls and uh, send it up to the ship to sustain her uh, and a few of her chosen minions for the long sleep until the next circle back. I'm a big fan of that particular movie uh, because uh, it's, well, it's, it's a good story it's uh, it has a, a bunch of unexpected things in it, and uh, a whole whole heap in the nudity. <laughs> so I was about to ask if there was nudity because it sounds like the type of movie that would have it. The the main the mother vampire uh, is played by a young woman who spends the entire movie naked. Wow, sounds about right. She's not the only person naked in the movie, but yeah, she's she's a very beautiful young woman. I'm, I'm just saying is that I've seen a lot of B movies and C and D and Z movies in my life, okay? And, you know, this was British, uh, filmed in uh, Pinewood Studios and all that. And, ah. um, you know, uh, they did a surprisingly good job, you know. Not that I, there weren't things that could have been better, but they did a surprisingly good job out of it all. So um, I would rate it up there with um, uh, Return of the Living Dead, uh, uh, Shadow Zone. And other okay. things like that, okay. you know. So, um, you know, definitely there's some cheese, but you know, all 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 in the right places. So, but okay. but anyways, yeah. But a horror like that, you know, think aliens, you know, uh, riding a, a, a comet or a asteroid, or just simply floating through space until they get captured by a a, a solar system. That's that's a trope that's been in a lot of books and. And, in, in, you know, a bunch of movies. Yeah. But, yeah, this kind of looked interesting. I, I saw that it was a percentile-based system with a, you know, degrading sanity mechanic. Ah. So it's like, you know, roll under your percentile score? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's very that's very classic. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the, the Call of Cthulhu was that way. Tritech System was that way. Uh, GURPS was that way. Except you know you were, you know, well, kind of that way. But uh, you know, uh, that's it's it's one of the standbys. You know, because <laughs> it's easy for people to understand. They say, here's oh, yeah. a number, here's two dice, you have to roll under that number. You know, and they're like, oh, okay, I get that. All right. You know. And, and if you got to come up with a random difficulty, it's fairly easy to do. Just, mm, I think 50% of people can do this, 75%. You know, there's an amazingly large number of Kickstarters out there, and I just am totally like not, you know, uh, in, uh, that's what I say. They come, they come across my, my feed in Facebook a lot of times. That's how I found out about the um, External Containment Bureau. And um, and and supported uh, yeah. that Kickstarter. Uh, Sean Fannin was the one who clued me in about the Kickstarter for uh, uh, Savage Riffs. Um, and oh so, yeah, so uh, social media has been really good about that. And there's a lot of classic games that have gotten a lot of uh, additional push for Gamma World. Their Scientific Barbarian, which has like up to six issues now and a couple of annuals which basically are like 100 pages, each of them, and they, they run for about 10 bucks each, but they're like, you know, just chock full of stuff for Gamma World. So, you know, if, if this was a game that you, uh, and for those who are not familiar, it's one of those, you know, two, three, uh, a thousand years or whatever after everything blew up, you know, this is the new Earth. You know, either you are one of the people who live in it or you are like locked away in a cryo chamber and you suddenly come awake there's there's a, a number of ways you can basically handle that and oh gamma gamma world is a venerable role-playing yes. game yes right. it's been through like at least four editions i think there was a d20 uh yep. version of it uh so uh my my favorite was always uh uh, second edition, simply because I created a character that was like so o- overpowered, and I did it purely by random dice rolls. <laughs> so, you know, it's, we, everybody was supposed to create a character, and they all basically cherry picked, you know, all the things that they wanted, and they made all of their characters overpowered. But I did it just by random rolls, so I was always very, very happy about that. You know, you don't have to cheat. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was really, you know, anti-cheating everything. So, roll 3d6 and play the character. Darn it. So, <laughs> And then but, retire to a farm and get your next character ready. Right, yep. right. But, oh, hey, that's that's my very, like, not my first, but like my highest level character is actually was rolled that way. I rolled 3d6 for each stat. And uh, after I did that, I said, "Oh, guess what? This character could only be a fighter." All right, so I play a fighter. He's now, you know, he he was tenth when uh, basically I, I stopped playing him, and um, it's like, okay, he's got to keep in the whole deal, and happy, happy. So, anyways, uh, but yeah, there uh, there's a bunch and bunch of kickstarters, and that's one way of actually kind of, you know, if if you have like trouble having money. Uh, since Kickstarters usually have a bunch of different um, tiers, you know, you can like buy low, buy high. You know, I mean, you can buy the PDF version of, of the gamer supplement or you can get the hard copy version of the gamer supplement if you got more money. Uh, and I'm sure that if you choose wisely for the, for the audience that you're trying to give gifts for, um, you know, whatever, uh, you'll know which is the, the best one to do. Not tr- Trav, I would never insult him by giving him actual physical books. I mean, you know, <laughs> he... Oh, please, insult... Well, um, okay, this is the only time that I'm going to give you uh, clearance for this. Insult the hell out of me, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, he's got the the, the folders of folders. <laughs> yep, yeah. No, I, I just no. know that they, they would be very cozy. Whatever, any any PDF I got would find a cozy home in that, yeah. in that place. Oh, I'll make room on this laptop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, so like I've been seeing a whole bunch of these kinds of things. Okay, but not just those. Okay. Uh, uh, recently, I don't I don't even know if it's legit. Uh, but recently, I saw this thing where it's a ring, but supposedly it can you know it looks in in the ad like it's projecting a 3d image of like a dragon is flapping its wings and doing stuff like that but what i think it really is it says it's it's ar augmented reality so i think what you do is is that you open an app 
for it and then you put you know which uses the camera on your phone and then you put your phone over top the ring and then you see your ring through the phone and you see the animation occurring so it's like you know it's invisible to the naked eye but with this magical app you can see like dragons and fairies and other things like that and uh, all you have to do is buy the ring so that the app can recognize it. A, a neat way of having very fanish type stuff without walking around with a dragon on your shoulder like so many people did for so many years mm, yeah that's what I'm saying. I've been surprised at how much stuff has come across Facebook to me in this regard. You know, uh, I, I do my, my, I'm constantly saying, no, I don't want to see these ads. No, I don't want to see these ads. <laughs> okay. so, hope, so hopefully these things are popping through the noise now that I've gotten rid of uh, all the uh, uh, the various things that I have absolutely no interest in. You know, like uh, all these different uh, pills for various diseases that I don't have. <laughs> but someone wants to set... You do realize if you've researched something, it's good, you know, on Google, it's going to kick back on Facebook. Just, I've, I've found this out. I'm yeah. not surprised. Not yeah. at all. Oh, I'm sure some are just based on age. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because costuming has gotten so much better, it's really easy to make, you know, accessories by using uh, various 3D printers, the high quality of the plastics and things like that. Um, you know, really cool, um, you know, costumes and costume accessories are actually available now that weren't ever available before. And a lot of that is we can put to the to the uh, uh, pandemic because these people were stuck at home and some people actually didn't st sit there and watch television. They actually went and tried to make stuff on their 3D makers, made some really cool stuff. And now they have that stuff for sale. Definitely, you know, check that sort of thing out uh, because you might find the perfect accessory to the costume you've always wanted or maybe the first piece of the costume you've always wanted and that gets you started. And so that's a good thing. You know, we... Wow. The one that keeps showing up on my Facebook feed are the automated um, cosplay ears. Really? Yeah. I mean, they They're twitch little... or they move yeah. or something? They twitch You're talking about apparently... like the, 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 uh, the cat... The, the cat ears and stuff? It looks like they have different designs. Cats, maybe dogs. Um, generally that pointed shape, though. Um, but yeah, they, they, they appear to twitch on their own. They, they At least from the video I've seen, they look like they respond to sound. Mm -hmm. So well, I had a cool. friend of mine who, who she likes to wear, you know, fox ears every time she goes to the to the tavern and she made a comment on it. I'm like, oh, Lord, you, you haven't even seen the automated tail yet, have you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you, you know, in the original um, Tensei uh, Muyo uh, anime, uh, one of the, like, five or six different starts, uh, when they ran into Ryoki, the space pirate, she had what appeared to be a tail, but it was actually mm -hmm. a belt with a tail on it that responded to her emotional state. Yeah. Ah. So, you know, because originally I was like, does she have a tail? You know, but no, it was actually uh, an accessory. Yeah, because in all the bathhouse scenes, you know, it was not it was not there. Yes. Yes. I, I That was that was the anime that got me started in, in anime pretty much. Right. Well, uh, the anime that got me started was uh, uh, unbeknownst to me was Marine Boy. Because I was a huge underwater fan when I grew up. And uh, there were a number of television shows that had me enraptured. And uh, Marine Boy uh, came across uh, on a Sunday morning, so I only got to see it when I was sick. Oh. Somebody needs to buy me a box set of Marine Boy, you know, because they were kind of cool. Someone did buy me a box set of Supercar, which I watched the heck out of. You know, even though they're puppets, it still stands up. I mean, the, the, the stories were fine. You know, it was, it's a different America than we have today. I mean, this guy's like, like, you know, the government shows up and says, you know, for the good of the country, you really need to give us all your technology so we can, you know, make our own, you know, make our own um, uh, supercars that we can use, you know, in, in military for rescue and stuff like that. And he goes, you know, I think that as a private businessman, I'm just going to keep my technology to myself. But thanks for asking. And I'm just like going, 
what America is this guy living in? Because I yeah. haven't seen that America for a long, long time. <laughs> and I am not one of those guys that stands around with a gun in their compound. I'm just saying, you know, it's like, a, <laughs> it's, you know, the, the fact where, you know, a businessman basically gets to tell the government no is, uh, you know, outside of, you know, like a, uh, a, a, a warrant. It was, no, you need a warrant for that. <laughs> That's about the most I see these days. But, uh, you know, of course, I don't have, you know, Jeff Bezos's army of lawyers either. Right. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Things, things get different when you get a certain amount of money. But anyways, it was cool. It was very cool. So, yes, box sets of forgotten shows are, uh, are a really cool thing to do. Some shows only had like a season, but they were really good. And they show up on, uh, it used to have a channel on uh, satellite, um, like direct TV and stuff. And it was called, uh, the channel was called uh, Shows That Were Too Smart For Their Audience. <laughs> and uh, yes, yes, it's, it's very uh, patronizing. But the fact is, is that all the shows had really good writing, good characterizations, and the audience, basically, the general public didn't find it at all uh, compelling. So you know, and they they have all those shows on there, and and I'm uh, it's it's great to go and find those gems occasionally, uh, especially if there's enough of an arc that you feel like you're actually seeing a story. So you know, rather than just seeing a couple episodes and that's it, because my wife hates that. She says I don't even want to start watching a show if I if I know it's going to be canceled in like three more episodes. I'm like, you know, well, they only made five. It's, it's British TV. They only make five episodes a season. So that's the first season. That's all yeah. there is, you know. Yeah. She says, I don't care. You know, it's, you know, <laughs> a, a season should be like 20 episodes. And so talk to, you know, and I'm like, well, well let me talk to you about One Piece then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which has over 400 episodes. Yeah, my one co-worker. Yeah. Yeah, I have a co-worker that loves that. Yeah. anime yeah yeah and yeah, and, yeah. and as we're sitting at 595 episodes i say cute kid <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable yeah 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 all right so yeah we're almost guys you know i don't, I don't know whether we're going to get to chris uh christmas first and new year's first but it's going to be we're going to be hitting episode 600 very very shortly Jeez. yes yeah. yeah um but uh and that's very cool so uh yeah costuming you know, there was a time when a lot of costumes had plans that you could buy from like Simplicity and other things like that. And I don't know if there's, you know, um, if, if there's any source on the internet for buying plans for that sort of thing. And, and uh, because, I mean, the people I see making costumes, they're like so far above my ability that I'm always like, I, I, I can't even talk about this, you know? Uh, I Because I actually made, my, uh, I was in the SCA, and I actually made my own costumes in the SCA back when I first got started. So, you know, I, I, it's not like I can't do stuff with a needle. But when you start saying, well, you need a surgeon for this, I'm like, okay, is, is, you know, is, is, does it keep, like, lightning from frying your, uh, uh, your, your, your sewing machine? Yeah, like, I, I took costuming is part of my drama degree and i can make a cloak and a tunic well see i did that all by myself man i didn't have to spend money for well, a degree for that that's the thing i did that before i took the class after the class i'm still kind of like i can make a cloak and a tunic oh so too, i did not go to too that much class. theory and not in the practical huh no no just me being a bad student oh okay <laughs> well that's too bad as they said in uh, Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate, plastic, my boy, plastic. <laughs> I say this having some of those same members of that class are, are now working for Marvel, so. Right, right, well, but, you know, like a lot of those kinds of people, they went on to, like, become, you know, makers with these 3D printing kind of things, so, you know, um, and it's, it's, you don't have to just, you, know, you don't have to have the 3D printer in order to make stuff. They've also got lots of um, uh, kinds of, plastic putties and things that you can buy shape it in what you want draw lines on it do some relative rough shaping and then you stick it in your oven let it bake for a half hour it comes out you know hard as a rock but still sandable and then you can and then you can continue to to mold it or do whatever you want to paint it and uh, I mean people can do stuff that they just I mean, it's amazing to me, you know, and it's a, and it's a great actually holiday activity. 
Uh, I saw a picture on Facebook where somebody had made a uh, a Star Destroyer out of gingerbread. Wow. This is my gingerbread house. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I'm like, yes, let's do that. Let's go ahead and... Uh, yeah, and 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 make a gingerbread house into a star destroyer, or a, you know an R two D two, or you know even the Mandalorian ship, which I think is not well. Yeah, uh, and especially uh, Boba Fett, those ships are really ugly. They're just you know, they're 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 like rounded uh, uh, rec, uh, um, um, triangles and stuff. So, it, but I'm just saying is that you know you can make anything out of gingerbread. It doesn't have to be a classic Hansel and Gretel house you know or yeah. uh, or you know as we do in, in in a lot of the churches i've been to mangers you know the, the, do the do the uh the nativity scene yeah the nativity scene and gingerbread and stuff like that you know i especially like the i and i don't know who did it but it's it's the the cartoon that says you know it's it's you know really really a problem with all these holidays just seeming to invade each other's spaces instead of keeping them separate you know it's not going to be long before and then it switches and it shows the major scene there's zombies in the major scene the little uh, rabbit character in the cartoon goes go, shoot, go for the head baby jesus <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. YouTube has not really been very helpful for us. It's it's a little too siloed. If you watch a lot of like you know, maker videos, they'll show you a lot of maker videos. But they, you know, if you like watch Star Wars, they won't turn around and say, "Oh, and would you like to make something from Star Wars?" You know, and, and show you that kind of thing. So YouTube has kind of left us falling down. But you can do your own searching on YouTube and find stuff like that. Um, and uh, a lot of these kinds of Kickstarters and stuff, they also have, uh, they're using YouTube to put their videos, their, their, their advertisements for, and you can get a better view of a lot of them too that way. And, and so that kind of goes the gamut from the cheap to the really expensive. The cheap meaning, you know, stuff that you can just make out of putty and stuff. And uh, or things that you can just make together, you know, smaller crafty things, all the way up to the really big things like the the, the star destroyer gingerbread house. I want you to know was uh, like about four foot long. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, they were using full bricks, you know, full squares of gingerbread to to, to down the side and the you know and Jeez. making the conning tower and all that stuff like that. So that was that was a big job. That was that was a big effort somebody put in. But hey, you know, it you know, if it drives them to their channel, I mean, I have yet to figure out, you know, how how much money people who post stuff on YouTube cuz I've never gotten any money for anything, you know, but I've never also been listed as a content creator even though yeah. I put stuff up on my own channel, but um if you're really clever uh, about uh, searching for stuff, you can get like um, things that are hard to find or um, would be considered to be, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word antiques, but I mean, uh, things, some of the more rare items uh, for, and, and then at a good price. And then you turn around and gift it to somebody and say, oh yeah, this is worth $200 on, on uh, eBay or something like that. Not mentioning the fact that you got it at a yard sale for, you know, 30 bucks. So that's one way of, uh, of basically leveraging your money. If you can bear to pat, to part with it, that's the one problem about this sort of thing is a lot of times you go and you find something for a really good price and you're like, but I don't want to get rid of it. Mm. I've noticed a lot of people are trying to recreate, uh, their collections that they used to have. Uh, cause I'm part of like uh, TSR, um, you know, uh, original fans and things like that. And is, and these guys do shelfies. Uh, and I say guys cause it's usually guys, but, uh, and it, it basically, you know, it shows like multiple shelves filled with all these TSR products and things like that. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm happy for them that they're do you know, they're doing this. But the question I always say is, is why aren't, well, yeah, but do you play any of them? <laughs> it, you know, are, are you like one of those guys that basically collects all the uh, sports memorabilia but never actually goes to a game or does or never plays a game you know uh, 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 and, and, and you know like the you know the, the company baseball team and things like that you're just 
So I, I sometimes feel a little sad when I look at that because I'm like, you know, you guys are, are, are just going crazy trying to get your hands on this. And I'm just, you know, I hope it's satisfying. But for those who it is satisfying, it's really easy to buy gifts for them, right? So uh, let your, yeah. everybody let your fandom fly, wave your geek flag high so people know what gifts to buy for you, right? And, and yeah, that never worked out for me. No. Well, <laughs> well, it's hard for you because we don't know where the holes in your collection are, Trav. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing is you gotta try to resist buying it yourself. You know, like, you know, as soon as November hits, just wait, just wait those two months. Oh no, there was the when with Star Wars D twenty, or no, what was it? It was the Dragonlance Adventures book from a uh, uh, second edition D and D, and my now second ex wife bought it for me and then my friends from pennsylvania the couple that i was best man at the renaissance wedding they came oh look yeah robert we found this for you and tina's just looking and what and shan goes you already bought it for <laughs> and i'm standing in the middle going hey i got two of the same book hey cool <laughs> she's fuming <laughs> shannon treasure yeah 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 one to save one to play yeah, right, right. No, but it, it, that's always been the case with me is just, I. they said, you need a database. Well, because I'm buying doubles of the books now. I've forgotten just my hard copy. I've forgotten how much I have. I went to the Palladium Open House 2017 and bought eight books. I found out, oh, crap, I already have these. Breakman Z has them now. <laughs> so I don't even know the holes in my collection. Yeah. Ugh. I think I finally re-completed my Knights of the Dinner Table comic collection. Ah, okay. They've been collecting them into like, you know, six ep issues in a single $10 one for a long, long time. But I always want, I, I every single, almost every single issue I have gotten personally at the bookstore or whatever. But for some reason, some of them have vanished. And I don't understand where they went to. Um, and so I've been trying to like recreate them without breaking the bank because there's always that person out there who says, oh, you want issue number seven? I got it for $200. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, it, it's like the aforementioned second wife stepdad would say. He was a pop culture collector. Something is only as worth as much as whatever idiot's willing to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Rusty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A little uh, editorializing in the middle of that adage, I think. Well, <laughs> that was his. I'm just quoting the man. Just, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, I think I've gotten everything now so I can, I can read them to my heart's content. Uh, all, and they, you know, I, I'm actually due for, I usually uh, would buy them a year at a time. Oh, okay. Every bookstore, every comic book shop in Atlanta that I have tried to get nice to the dinner table through, they're always like, "Oh, I'm sorry, but we 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 they're not part of our whatever, you know, they're not on our 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 um, distributors or whatever like that." And I'm like, so I have to get them, you know. I said, "Well, why don't you just order them from the manufacturer?" I'm like, well, we we can't do a single one-off job like that or whatever. I'm like, why not? Yeah, you you'll you'll get a discount or you know, but no. And I'm like, ugh. So it means that what you know, once a year, uh, I would go to Gen Con and I would you know stand there and go through all their things and hope that there there was no holes in the uh, in, in the app in the issues going back a year. Buy them all at once for like fifty to seventy dollars and. Um, and then, you know, happily read them all the way home uh, to Atlanta from, from Indianapolis while my wife drove because she, <laughs> she prefers to do the driving. She says she can't read while she's dry, while, while someone is driving, ah. but I can. So I'm like, okay, fine, you drive then and I'll read. So, you know, that never works out because she gets bored. She wants me to talk and I can't talk. And <laughs> so anyways, uh, but the point is, is that, you know, so... I haven't been able to do that because of COVID and all that. So I, instead I have to fork over the like 10 to $20 for the shipping and uh, in order, you know, and, and uh, order them all at once um, because it's the same amount of money, no matter how much you order. So it's not like if I bought one, it would cost me five. You know, if I buy 20, it costs me, you know, it still costs me the same 10 to $20. So I, I usually wait for a year and then try to buy them all at once. 
hoping that nothing's happened, that everyone decided to buy up all the issues, in which case then I have to run online and try to find a copy of something. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, you can fill in people's uh, holes in people's comic book collections if they have them, or sometimes a uh, spin-off book or other things like that that can be, uh, you know, a lot of times that can be really appreciated by a fan. Um, and uh, it's not always very expensive. You know, the hard part is you have to be good friends with somebody who knows them so they can basically figure out what it is that you need to buy them. So they, you know, rather than them going out and instead buying a bobblehead <laughs> of, uh, of Deadshot or something like that, <laughs> which uh, I'm assuming is probably a real thing, but I, I personally would, wouldn't be like jonesing for it. When it comes to pop figures, assume it exists. It's like, just assume it exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can go the really expensive route, by the way. Uh, have you guys seen the, quote, real lightsabers? No. Yes. I mean, I've seen YouTube videos of people making, yeah, well, quote, you, real you, lightsaber. I mean, it, it basically it uses a columnar-focused... Uh, uh, propane lightsaber. Basically, it comes out in a uh, in a fo it, it literally looks like a uh, a bar or not a bar a cylinder a flame solid cylinder of flame. Now, obviously, it's not really if you hit somebody hit something with it, go through it. But the point is, it looks really really real. And they've actually got videos of them using it to cut through things like uh, blocks of steel. And other types of things because oh, it geez. literally is a really you know a real focused plasma torch is what it is uh, yeah and they're pretty darn amazing yes they do cost a couple thousand dollars i think it's so much more cool than getting yourself something that's just a pretty toy you know that you can't actually do anything with you know i saw a video recently they used it at the beginning where they basically guy turns on his lightsaber focuses it into like the you know the the uh, cylinder, okay, and then they start going at each other, at which point I'm sure they swapped it out for an identical one that actually had a, a, a glowing fluorescent cylinders in, in the in the lightsaber to give the, the, so they could smack each other's lightsabers. It was very, very cool. So yeah, those things do exist. That's the high end, you know, but you can get something really cool like that. And you go to your son's Boy Scout camp out, and they say, we got to get this fire going. You pull this puppy out and go flick, vroom. <laughs> Everybody is going to remember that that father. You're going to have to sleep with that thing because you would not yep. leave that anywhere because someone is going to want it. Even Boy Scouts are going to be tempted on something like that. Yeah, the, the ultimate fire starter is what I would call this thing. Yeah, so yeah. And you don't need a license or anything for it. Just you know, like I say, I think it uses, I think it uses propane, and it's a plasma, it's literally a plasma cutter. Cool stuff. Check it out on YouTube. So that's like kind of the high end of the toys. Now, of course, you know, the the other high end of the toys are cold cast porcelain figurines of your favorite characters. I mean, these are works of art, <laughs> and they're amazing. Mm -hmm. You know. I look at them and, and, and I say, gee, I'd really like to have it, but I'm, I'm just not going to spend $5,000 for, uh, you know, a favorite anime character. Though I know people who do. These people have no money. These people have no money. <laughs> or they have way too much. No, they don't have any money. They spend it all, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. The only time I could see myself spending that much for a piece of art is if I... And get somehow get to the point where five thousand dollars is like, eh. That's a that's a chip in the bank. Yeah. Well, some of the covers for my supplements I bought from the artist are like four hundred dollars a pop. So I have real art that that's meaningful to me because I I put a lot I put a lot of money into those those supplements and a lot a lot of time. So you know it's it's good stuff. But uh, yeah. Now, some of them are actually doing it as investments because I've seen, you know, in, in some of these cases, over 20 years, they've doubled in value. They started off at 1000 They're now trying, at least they're trying to sell them uh, for 5000 So, you know, and I know that um, 
uh, a lot of D, uh, a lot of gaming books and things like that. Uh, there are collectors out there desperate to get them, and the prices for them are supposedly really, really good right now. So if you've got some games, if you're not a collector and you've got some games out there that you don't ever play, and you probably won't ever play, and maybe you know they don't have a you know a really strong resonance with you in the in the uh, uh, memory lane kind of thing, you might sell them and make a lot of money and then take that money and use it to buy nice Christmas presents for yourself or anybody else that you want to. So, you know, and maybe even gift those, you know, to other people because that's the best way of enlarging any uh, fan base is to give, give it to people who don't have them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was what Gary Gygax has said. He said the natural evolution for gaming is... You play a role-playing game, you then become a GM for your own group, and then you band together with other GMs to have a gaming convention. That That's the normal progression of, of, of gaming in any area. And I've seen that happen a bunch of times, where you know a gaming group has literally gotten together and made their own little convention at a in the community room at a local motel. That has certainly happened for the anime community in my area. Sure. Sure. They've started a one-day convention, and mm-hmm. hopefully, they hopefully plan on expanding it as they get more and more attendance and fans. We, uh, you know, there was a time when I was involved in a free convention where that took place on a college campus, and we made it free to anybody in the city or anybody really to come, and we uh, we were able to get like you know rooms in instructional halls. We'd have seminars in them and things like that. But that was the convention, okay? They were like, well, we really need to go and we, in order to bring in people for that, uh, we need to uh, have some seed money. And I said, okay, fine, I'll, we'll run a one-day gaming convention. And everybody, all the gamers, just get out there and run a game for everybody and uh, we'll sell uh, snacks and things like that. And we'll raise money. And um, every time people listened to me and did that, we made five hundred bucks. Oh, and that was you know, and that was back when five hundred bucks was five hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> At which point they now had the money they needed in order to put down a you know a deposit on or or what would they call um, honest money or serious money? It's what you do like sometimes when you're buying a house and you have to put down a certain amount of money just to show them you're serious about the house. See, Jonathan, what, what what you said you had seen something else besides that that one space setting. Thought you had said something. Well, there's one from uh, a few years back. It was another Kickstarter that I've uh, I was following for a while. It was Red a- Aegis or Aegis. I'm never sure how you pronounce Aegis. That. It's Aegis. Aegis. Okay. Shield. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was basically a role playing game about uh, basically. Being a civilization, uh, from what I remember, it was like taking like a 4X game like Civilization or Stellaris and converting it into a role-playing game where instead of you having a character, you have a bloodline that you're controlling. But yeah, that was a few years back, and I just kind of wanted to go back and take another look at it because I hear when it first launched, it had some some issues. It, it wasn't very well edited and... And it was kind of clunky, but I hear it's actually been fixed up now, so I kind of want to go back and take a look at it. Okay, all right. Yeah, look, the, the one thing that came up for me is, um, and I was following this Kickstarter for Savage Rifts, and they just put out, and I and I have the copy, and that means it's gonna, it, and it's still not out on like Drive Through RPG yet. It is the Rifts. What what what's the name? Get the right here. Rifts Atlantis and the Demon Seas. Hmm. Oh yeah, no, they they did all of it. I mean, I have it up here on 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 you know the Foxit Reader, and they're going. They go through all the the races and everything that you get from Rifts Atlantis, the True Atlanteans, the Lemurians, the Catani, the Horoon Sea Pirates. Uh, you can make a tattooed warrior, a stone master, a Bioborg. And they get into everything about tattoo magic and rune items and just everything about Atlantis in the Rift setting. And so, yeah, I followed that Kickstarter and I got it. Got that. And what was the other one I got? 
I want to say the archetype dossier, I think I got. It was in one other thing, but I have the Rips Atlantis here. I'm trying to remember what other file it was with. But yeah, that'll be coming out soon, hopefully, because if the Kickstarter is out and it's already out, you might be able to slip, get it for some, well, no, basically, drive through RPG, you'd give them a gift card, and you can get those, like an online oh, gift card for, yeah. yeah. I've gotten one in the past, like 10 years ago, and of course, I was like, oh, thank you, and buy PDFs. But yeah, Rips Atlantis is the Kickstarter or no, what was it? Not Kickstarter. Well, they did do it with Kickstarter, but I, uh, hum, Humble Bundle. That's oh, okay. Yeah, no, uh, me and uh, Breakman Z both follow Humble Bundle for stuff, and and I'm seeing a lot of stuff come up on there. Besides, you know, Savage Rips, I've seen a bunch of other games. I know my son does it, but, um, you know, when I do it, I'm always like, you know, I, I I never just want to get like random stuff. It reminds me too much of 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 uh, having the subscription to the science fiction book club. Uh, I I hadn't found their prices to be that exceptional. Well, I don't I don't check out their store or their subscription. I just look at the the bundles they do because they'll release yeah. their charity bundles, like a new one every month. And yeah, I'll I'll admit most of the the charity bundles they do out of a year, I'm might only be interested in one or two but those one or two are usually it's like as soon as i see it i'm like okay yeah i'm throwing my money down on that because it's like nine games or nine uh books that or even nine pieces of software that i'm like i want that yes please even if it's only five of them that i don't already own i'll I'll gift out the other four yeah but yeah, I don't, I'm not a real. I, I'll, I'll say that I'm not particularly attracted to their store because yeah, their their prices aren't that great, um, comparatively. And I, I yeah, I feel the same way for subscription things. I'm not really a fan of getting random stuff unless I know it's custom tailored to my what I want. Like there is one uh, subscription crate I just saw that's it's all fifth edition D and D. It's you know accessories tools miniatures adventures specifically for fifth edition dnd i'm like okay that i might want very targeted i used to do loot crate and i, I kind of got in the same situation it's like i get a loot crate and out of this box that i'm paying a hundred dollars a year for i only want one thing out of each box maybe maybe two and the rest ends up going back in the closet and sitting there taking up space See, this is where it's great to be part of um, a lot of volunteer organizations, especially ones having to do with kids, because then they have like the Secret Santas or the uh, uh, the, the the white elephant types of things, and mm -hmm. you can you can regift the parts you don't want, <laughs> and instead of spending twenty bucks on something, you know, like I said, a bobblehead or whatever, you can say, well, how about this? And uh, I actually did that once. I took all of the uh, TriTac, um, uh, the little micro games, you know, like Escape from Westville State Mental Hospital oh, yeah. and and uh, uh, Polly Wampus and and uh, Baby Boomer, and I just put it all and and of course uh, Monster Squash, and I put them all together into a package, and I put that in as saying, "Well, it's worth twenty dollars." So here you go. And the person who got that was like, oh, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, it looks like a bunch of games to me. <laughs> Maybe your kids should check them out. Yeah. They so, might like it. They might like it. I mean, you know, not claiming that I did it, just saying, well, sure, it looks like, I wonder who did that. <laughs> we had a lot of that. Sh uh, when I did Extra Life uh, quite a few years ago, we had a, uh, a, a charity auction and yeah, a lot of a lot of those like small micro games showed up as part of the auction, and I'd say a good half of them sold. I even bought a couple myself. I was like, "Ooh, that looks neat," and then never opened it up. Aww. Well, it was like a dollar, and it was going to charity. I'm like, "Okay, I gotta give it. Come on now." <laughs> I I buy I buy art from uh, uh, from unknown uh, artists at charity auctions like that because mm. <laughs> it's like okay it encourages the artist gives money to charity and uh you know who knows uh, i can use it as a book cover or something who knows you know ah. and you never know that artist might actually become famous 
It might, you know, because like you know, a lot of them were like they they would do like a eight 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 by eleven, you know, piece of art or something like that, because that's the that's the paper they had. And uh, there was a time when you could get from Chessex. Chessex actually sold a clear uh, yes. a clear book cover. We did as fundraisers. I got like you know a hundred two hundred dollars worth of those uh, of the book covers. I still have some left. <laughs> You know, they had like the vampires on them, the dragons, the fighters. One of the ones that they had, but they usually didn't package like that, were these clear ones. And what you could do is you could then go and use it with any game system. And you could either see through the clear cover to the game book, or you could put art you know, or you know, whatever art you wanted in the, uh, in, in the, in the section where it could hold something. And that's that's like something I would do, for example, if there was like a game book for, uh, let's say, Wheel of Time, and there was for a D20 edition, and I knew someone was a big fan and might actually, uh, even if they didn't want to play the game, then I could get them the Wheel of Time book, and then I could get a piece of art with some of the characters and just slide into one of those things. So I don't know if Chessex is still doing it, but again, if you're looking for things that might be let someone you know do some utility you might want to check out um, Chessex and and see if they're still selling the uh, the book covers like they used to. Mm. A lot of stuff that I bought in the last years or so has actually been more video game oriented than RPG oriented because I basically, unlike you, Trav, I don't constantly create new games, <laughs> new, new campaigns. <laughs> And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and frankly, I think we should do that as a topic where you basically say, okay, this is how I'm able to keep four campaigns running at the same time yeah, and still have a life, assuming that you actually do still have a life. <laughs> so, no, yeah. that is his life, is creating worlds. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I have decent social life and everything, yeah. Because so. I'm really challenged to play in a in D&D 5th edition and then run a Fringeworthy and a Bureau 13 campaign. It's very challenging for me to be able to get all that going and still have, you know, have other things going on in my life, you know, like my, my, my church and, uh, you know, having a wife that, you know, doesn't feel, you know, that she's being totally ignored. So, uh, you yeah, know, things like that, you know, and, and Trav, you, you know, you, you, you're a little bit, you know, you have more challenges because you have more people to, to, to please. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah, now yeah. my son is left uh, on his own and I don't have to like, you know, do stuff. So like right now I'm saying, yeah, I got to get some presents for Christmas. So what we're talking about is actually of great interest to me as well to, you know, to hear from you, our other hosts, to say what you think would be a great thing to do because, you know, I need ideas. Well, as I said, the thing I brought up, you guys were talking about following Kickstarter, and that's when I brought up that Rips Atlantis and the Demon Waste came out. And so that'll be a gift that because it's not on drive through RPG yet. Uh-huh. But it should be soon. If I've already gotten a copy of it, they're going to put it out at any time. And yeah, a, a g- online gift certificate from Drive-Thru RPG, yeah, you give that to your gamer and yeah, they can just get what they want. And that's the thing that I would recommend because I looked over it's fantastic. As I said, as you guys know, I've been a Rips fan and a Palladium fan for decades. And so I got into the whole Savage Rips thing. I've played a game run by Sean pa- Fannin. So... It yeah no that that's something I yeah get that for if they like rips or savage worlds that new rips Atlantis it it it's nice it's very nice again savage worlds doesn't skimp in their art department so did you guys come up with some high end uh, gifts for the uh, gamer who has everything oh, oh I know mine I know my shoot for the moon gift okay what's that I was, I was talking to my wife about it earlier a gaming table with a monitor on the tabletop so I can just mirror my laptop to it or use it as a second screen and, and basically, you know, have all my battle maps and, and everything right there on the table. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. And if you can't afford that whole setup, just having a lighted battle mat mm-hmm. is also a really good option because uh, they're uh, a lot less expensive. It really just takes a... Uh, uh, a small box with some fluorescent lights in them or whatever point source lights you have. And then you uh, uh, have two layers of uh, uh, acrylic, one 
you know, to support the map and one to put on top where you uh, could draw on it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and put markers and move things around without screwing up your original map. And, uh, and you know, you can set it up out of the way uh, if, if you're using it on your dining room table or such. But yeah, I, I had a friend of mine who, who basically got one of those uh, super tables, you know, that was, you know, was like a foot deep and, and uh, you, you could cover it over and, and make it like a gaming table where you could open it up and it would be like, you know, a, a whole a whole thing. You know, and you had drawer. Oh, yeah. Everybody had their own little drawers, every player and uh, you know, and stuff like that. And it was it was like a three thousand dollar table and they, they moved to England and they couldn't take it with them. Oh. oh no. So they, they I don't know whether they sold it or gifted it to somebody. I don't know what, but that was a tearful goodbye to that particular item. Because <laughs> that was pretty much the, the, the head of the family's uh bucket list type of gift. Yeah, that'd be hard to give up. But there is a step back from that and the, and they're actually pretty pretty reasonable to get there's again there's lots of uh, youtube videos talking about how you can do it because like if you have a monitor for example that one of those big televisions but not Mm -hmm. that big like only like maybe 40 inches and uh, which everyone thinks is just like way too small these days by the way i have a 42 inch television so i'm like you know that i use as a monitor for my computer and watching videos and stuff like that i'm not i don't have one of those 70 inch ones you know because uh yeah, because I'm I'm happy with what I got, but uh, I'm just saying is that that's uh, that you know that's less than four foot long, you know, and uh, so people who suddenly say, oh my goodness, this television is just not clear enough anymore. I mean, it's gotten it's 10, 15 years old, and it's now a little bit blurry. It's not you know, or there's pixels, dead pixels on it now, and it's just too distracting for me to watch a show with dead pixels. That's like the perfect thing to use for this kind of thing that we're talking about. Because either A, maps don't have to be that clear a lot of times, or B, yeah. they provide, you know, you set it to white and uh, it provides a very good, you know, uh, no one cares that there's a couple, you know, when you're illuminating something from the bottom, that it's a l- the, the light's a little blurry or uh, there's some dead pixels here and there. So you can get some really good buys uh, so, you know, that's something you might check out at, at yard sales and, and places where they do re- recycling that they sell to the public. Look for something that's bad like that. And, and, and it's not, it's really very quick from that point to make your own box, light box, and uh, with a couple of acrylic sheets on top of it. And voila, you've got that, that uh, gaming table. Uh, that that illuminated map you always wanted. So, yeah. but I know there's plans on YouTube. So again, oh yeah, a, a little bit of planning ahead. You know, you can still have some really amazing gifts. Uh, if if nothing else for yourself, if you're the kind of person that, that doesn't have anybody to play with except online or something, you know. And by the way, uh, uh, he, all those games that were like, you know, everyone just wanted to get like the old uh, D&D games from uh, the SSI and all those kind of things. Those things you can buy like the entire series for like three bucks on uh, good old games. Um, uh, some of them have been updated on thing, places like Epic. Epic Games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every week they have a free game that they give away. And I always pick them up because I may not be interested in it, but... There might be somebody who is, you know, and uh, I can always download it and put it onto a computer and or put it on their computer. You know, just log in with my login, you know, download it to their computer and and they can have fun with it and I'll never look at it again. So um, lots of stuff like that. You know, of course, Steam, I, I they had they had like 500, oh, boy. 500 games and some of them good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> For fifty cents during the winter sale, which I think is still going on, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm At just, least of, as of this recording, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not free, but it might as well be. So you know, and and some of these games are a lot of fun, um, and some of them are wacky, silly, uh, you know, uh, and that's fine too. You know, it's it's unbelievable to me how many games are under five bucks. That you that are fully full fledged games 
that you can have a lot of fun with. It doesn't cost hardly anything. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.